Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Murphy's League. Today's episode is very special because the NFL season is finally here. We just saw week one. I'm with a special guest to my left here. What's up guys? Uh, I'm Nick. I'll be the guest on this podcast. Uh, that's my cousin. He's the boy. Um, so we're going to talk about everything that happened in week one. Not everything, absolutely, but we're going to cover a few games. We're going to you know, go through all that bad shit. The Bengals was a huge upset. There's a couple ties. Um, just a really weird weekend of football. So we're going to talk about all the biggest things, and then we're going to preview week two for all of our favorite bets. So I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. If you do, be sure to like, like this, share it with your friends, follow the Instagram at Murphy's League. Appreciate it. Alright guys, so first we're going to start off with reviewing the games from week one. We're going to go in no particular order, but we're not going to talk about every single one, like I said. Just some of the bigger games, some of the more surprising ones. Obviously, it was a really hectic week one, so we'd love to talk about every single game, but that's not really realistic with time and all that, and I think, you know, a few of these teams won't be really talked about later in the season. So I'm going to be focused on most of the teams that are again talked about most coming into the league, uh, coming into the year, sorry. So let's start about the Saints and the Falcons. Um, it's not an NFL season if the Falcons aren't choking a fourth quarter lead. This was a really entertaining game to watch, especially as a better. Um, I had this in one of my legs in my parlay. I had Saints money line. So I, I was really, really nervous at one point. I believe I had Saints spread in another one. That didn't end up working out. But obviously, it's been memed to hell already. Uh, we know the Falcons, they did show a lot of good things in the first half. I mean... I was telling Nick this, they've got a really creative playbook. It was There was a lot of times where things seemed to be going really well. You know, they had really good holes in the run game. Uh, Marcus Mariota was making really good decisions with the ball. And the Saints honestly couldn't get a lot going because the Falcons' pass rush was just fucking all over the place. Um, and then we watched the highlights back and we saw the fourth quarter. And, you know, everything just fell apart. AJ Terrell got cooked a couple times. Yep. Uh, Michael Thomas had a few really good plays. Jameis Winston looked like a completely different quarterback from the first three quarters to the last. The Falcons' defense looked like a different defense from the first three quarters to the last. It was just... Felt like everything that could have went wrong for the Falcons did. Everything that could have went right for the Saints did. Yeah, especially in the second half of the game. In the in the beginning, it kind of seemed like the Saints were almost timid to give Jameis the reins and they seemed like they were running the ball more and towards the end of the game they kind of gave him the reins and he got it worked out yeah Yeah, it definitely worked out Michael Thomas looks to be back in full form he had two really actually like four really really clutch clutch, uh, catches excuse me the first one I believe three of them were against AJ Terrell Uh, the first one being that touchdown uh, when they were it was 10-23 I believe it was like um, I'm trying to think of how much time was left on the clock. I believe there was like 12 minutes left in the fourth or something like that when that first happened. Jameis at this point had 56 yards, no touchdowns. I believe he was like 5 for 12. They had absolutely no, nothing going offensively. Um, they ended up getting a pretty good field position. They drove down the field. Michael Thomas, uh, I believe it went all the way from their 25-yard line, drove all the way down the field in basically two minutes, maybe a little less if I'm not mistaken. Michael Thomas just made a ridiculous catch over AJ Terrell in the end zone. Again, a lot of memes coming out of that one there. And then later in the drive, actually later in the next drive, uh, third and three, there was a little bit of like a 
kind of a rub route. It was like Michael was in the slot and he was running like a wheel type thing. Jameis just put it right on the money, right over AJ Terrell. Not a lot you can do that defensively. And then, of course, later that exact same drive, he scored again. So they missed the two-point conversion. That time didn't end up mattering. They got the ball back. It was a field goal. So, I mean, I think, what do you, what, like, what do you think about the Falcons, like, long-term? Like, do you think they can still sneak up on teams? Do you think, like, this is just going to be a shit show? Do you think they're contending for number one overall pick? Is, I guess, what I'm trying to ask. Um, I don't think they're contending for number one overall pick. I think... I think they get creative with their offensive play calling, but I, I don't think they'll be anywhere close to the playoffs this year. Also, uh, something to note with this game, uh, Alvin Kamara dealt with a rib issue during this win. That's why he only got 12 touches, which he turned into 46 yards. So That's important he, to mention for sure. Yeah, he practiced on Wednesday, but definitely something to look at this week. Yeah, and also years. if Taysom Hills is still a free agent in your league, go grab him because right now he's listed as a tight end. And I get that he got most of his points in two plays. He had one really big run, and then he had a touchdown. But they're going to utilize him. They're going to keep utilizing him as a weapon. They're going to use him on special downs. And I think they're going to keep using him in the red zone, too. So it's just something, you know, worth keeping in mind, especially if, you know, you don't have one of those premier tight ends. Even if you do, it's a decent trade value if he keeps this up. So he could be a really good weapon. We know what he can do with the ball in his hands. Um, to your point, I don't think the Falcons are going to be number one overall contention team. I think even I was a little bit sleeping on them this year, but you know they can do a lot with their with their squad. They've got it can be really hectic having Cordell Patterson, Marcus Mariota in the backfield just as runners, and then of course Marcus Mariota actually played a pretty clean game. He didn't have a pick. He had a fumble, but he didn't have a pick at the end of the day. And then London and Pitts on the outside. I mean, those dudes are mismatches. They're fucking big bodies. You can use them in the red zone really well, and then. If their run game is providing holes like they were, especially against the Saints' run D, which in the past has been one of the very best in the league, like I, they can some surprise some teams. They can. I agree. Yeah, it's too bad they're running into the Rams next week because that's just that, that's that's gonna get ugly. Yeah, it's gonna get ugly. Anyways, let's move on to another really fucking crazy game here. Um, I'm gonna be saying that about basically every game we're talking about here because you know when you're not talking about all of them, you really gotta nitpick and get on the craziest of ones but Steelers Bengals I mean first off I don't think anyone really saw that coming I think that was really unexpected we were watching this live the first pass of the game was a pick six yeah that was yeah definitely don't expect that from the quarterback in the Super Bowl last year but yeah crazy stuff happens week one so yeah yeah and I mean to the Steelers credit their defense did a lot of really really good things like the the Bengals sure like Joe Burrow made a ton of mistakes he made some bad reads but you got to give the Steelers a lot of credit here. Yeah, they have a great defense. Also, something that should be mentioned with the Steelers, TJ Watt uh, tore his pec, I believe. Partially. Partially. So, <laughs> he will be out for... Six weeks. Six weeks. A minimum. Minimum six weeks. No surgery required. If he did need surgery, um, it sounded like he would have been out for the season. There's a clip of him going viral right now where you can see him literally mouth, I tore my fucking pec. Um, so he knew so exactly hard. what he did at that moment. And the worst part is it came, like, what, 30 seconds left to go in the game? Yeah, it wasn't like, that. Yeah, so it was just that, – that's you hate to see that. That's just rough. Like, terrible timing. Week one, you never want to see your leader go down like that, especially that guy that's, you know, obviously just one defensive player of the year, um, arguably still the best defender in football. Um, and he had a hell of a game before he got injured. He really did. He had a couple sacks, I think a TFL. Um and you know, causing a lot of pressure. Constantly Alex Highsmith had a really good game on the opposite side of the line. Cameron Hayward's doing his thing. Just seems to age like fucking wine. 
So, again, their defense played really, really well, but Joe Burrow made a lot of really questionable decisions here. I mean, it didn't look like the Bengals were all used to seeing. It looked... Whoa, hold on. Let's give this dog a second. I'm going to stop recording. It looked like um, just a completely different quarterback from the last one we saw. Like, it, it was... Too much Jamar Chase. T. Higgins went out with a concussion, so I really think that affected the offense. Yeah. Uh, Joe Mixon got a lot of touches, but the run game really wasn't there. Honestly, just a lot of this has to be given. Like, a lot of the blame has to be shifted towards the O-line, in my opinion. They allowed seven sacks. Joe Mixon only got three three yards per carry. Like It was not a good day. And I know the Steelers' defensive line is deep, and they've got rotational players, and they've got, obviously, defensive player of the year along that, but... You got to be better than that, especially when you know damn well that was your biggest weakness last year. They went in the offseason to upgrade it with guys like Alex Kappa, with Lyle Collins, and the first game of the year you lost seven sacks. Like, I don't know. I expect this game to be close. I love the Steelers in Week One. I love Mike Tomlin. I think he's an excellent coach, but didn't really see this coming. Yeah. Also, uh, Joe has a bounce back opportunity next week. Plays the Cowboys with a defense that has been pretty poor uh, as of right now. Didn't really show much week one and should definitely be a bounce back spot for him. Yeah, and to your point, next week, it's going to be really interesting to see what Micah Parsons does against this offensive line that just allowed seven sacks. Micah obviously was kind of a lone man show in that game last week against Tampa. He had two sacks, two tackles for loss. Um, Just everywhere. We all know he's a fucking stud. He can easily be the defensive player of the year this year. Um... So it's going to be really interesting to see how he pairs up against Joe Burrow. But going back to this game really quick, um, the, I think the Bengals' defense did a really, really good job of their own. Like, the fact that, you know, the Bengals had five turnovers, which, you know, you, hopefully we won't see in another game anytime this year for the Bengals. Yeah. The fact that it was even a tie game this late in the game and the fact that it had to come down to a couple missed field goals and a blocked extra point, like, you would hope... Nothing like this would happen again. You'd hope this is just like one in a million flute game. game. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one side of the coin. The other side of the coin is maybe the Steelers are just better than people thought. Mike Tomlin still hasn't had a losing season as a head coach. He's a beast. So I don't know. We'll see where it goes. I think there's a lot of different directions. Of course, you can't overreact to anything you see in week one. You just kind of got to – you can – it's like foreshadowing, you know? You can you can kind of pick it up. You can kind of see some of the, like, the, ooh, that might be scary or, ooh, that might be really dangerous. And you just got to see where it takes you from there. So up next, we got we got to talk about our favorite game of the weekend. Game of the week. <laughs> Bears versus the 49ers. Um, this has been talked about a lot. I'm one of the only Bears fans I'm Man. really close with. And I still keep in really good contact with. So, you know, it's... It was fun talking to those guys, fucking reliving, like, you know, celebrating our one of five wins of the season, reliving a good time that just happened a few days ago, and then talking shit to Nick, because he's a Niners fan. This game was, it was, it was hard to watch, to say the least. I mean, I mean, it started pretty well. It's, it started well, (laughs) but just the inexperience from Trey Lance to not get rid of the ball quickly, it's just staying in the pocket and just getting sacked and miss throw after miss throw. There's definitely going to be some growing pains, but I'm interested to see what he does in the coming weeks. But this this was an ugly game from the Niners. Yeah, this was definitely an ugly game from the Niners, and it's just kind of a game with, like, obviously everyone wants to say the rain. Like, that's, that's everyone that's – you can't evaluate the quarterback in the rain. 
this rain is going to mess up the game. Um, I just don't really like it. You know, I don't like it because one, my team won. I, I don't like making excuses for my team, you know, winning. I just think they won fair and square. Yeah. And two, I mean, the Bears were playing in the same weather, right? And on paper, the Niners have a better roster. Yeah. So, I just, I, I don't really love that excuse. And to be fair to, to Trey Lance and Justin Fields here, neither of them played that great of games. No. Like, it, neither of them was that clean. Justin just made a cut, like, literally one or two more just splash plays, and that ended up being the difference in the entire yeah, game. No, it came down to the Bears' defense ultimately stepping up, uh, causing that fumble on Devo early, yeah, yeah. early on in the game, and yeah. then towards the end of the game, sealing Eddie the deal Jackson. with a pick, yeah. yeah, which they then turned into points, which really put the game out of question. Yeah, yeah, and... I, on that point, I really was really, really excited to see this. The Bears rookies made some plays in this game. Like Jaquan Brisker, we just talked about safety from Penn State, absolute stud of a guy. He had one TFL, he had a fum forced fumble, a uh, couple other tackles. So he was making plays all over the place. And the, the forced fumble was on Debo Samuel. Like that's no that's no Jawan Jennings. That's no like one of your third string guys. Like not even Brandon Ayuk. That's your star. So that's like that was huge. Eddie Jackson looked like ball hawking Eddie Jackson. This one absolutely baited Trey Lance into it. But sticking with the rookies for a second, I mean, Dominique Robinson had a sack in this one. Uh, even Kyler Gordon, who had a pretty fucking rough game, looking back on it, he had a tackle for loss. So there's reason to be hopeful for the, the Bears and their organization and their GM in their future because even though if you didn't agree with the philosophy of this draft which at the time I didn't I really like the Jaquan Brisker pick looking back on it in the moment I didn't I really wanted George Pickens but Dominique Robinson is someone who has a ton of upside really love that pick and it's really looking like it's playing out uh, the way they hoped I mean having a sack in your first game as a fifth round rookie coming from a wide receiver position is almost unheard of like I don't I don't know how many other players have ever done that in their career so Really like to see that there, but I mean, again, you can't take too much from week one. Week one, fuck, shit happens. It's weird. Uh, Justin Fields had a phenomenal play, rolling out of the pocket, finding the guy across the field, but at the end of the day, he was wide open. Um, Trey Lance had a couple really good throws. There was one on a crossing route yeah, right over the linebacker. You. Really, really good throw good. there. So, you know, you expect to see more. Like again, you can't take too much away, right? Yeah. It's it's just it's week one. Weird I shit happens. I still expect the Niners to finish uh, top two in the division. I wouldn't really sell out too hard on them losing this game. Again, just speculation, but I think there's a chance they bounce back next week against the Seahawks. Yeah, and to his point, like yeah, I'm very happy my Bears won. I had them as the very worst team in my power rankings. Obviously, that's probably going to get a boost this week, yeah. but regardless it's not like i'm gonna boost them into like top 16 like it's not like just because they won they have to be in the upper half like yeah. you know what i mean i probably will still have the niners ranked above them you know what i mean like so you can't take too much away from a game there's growing pains young quarterbacks both these quarterbacks are young you don't really know what these teams are going to look like they're honestly in completely different places at least like in theory yeah you know you hope the niners are contenders you hope that you know they have this really complete roster and this quarterback was all they were missing Right? Uh, yeah, it's just we need Trey to be the missing piece of the right. puzzle, and I guess we'll see this year. And the Bears are nowhere near that. The Bears are in total rebuild. The Bears know they're going to be bad. The Bears are not expecting to win anything this year. Yeah. So, again, I think as the season plays out, we'll see those teams kind of take the directions they should have taken. It'll correct, is what 100%. I'm trying to say. Up next, we got the Broncos versus the Seahawks. This is the most recent game. This was a fucking fun watch. Yeah, you got to say, this, this was, was a, a fun this watch. Was a good one. 
Yeah. I kept me on my toes the whole time. Absolutely. Yeah, we had a couple uh, player props that didn't end up hitting. We were, uh, with the rest of America, really high on the Broncos. We didn't bet on their spread or their money line or anything like that. Um, thank God. But yeah. we did take a couple player props. Which ones did you take? Uh, we took Russ over two TDs, which... You and, took Sutton over... And, uh, yeah, we took Sutton over 16 <laughs> yards, but we parlayed them together. And the Sutton one hit, but... Russell Wilson just couldn't seem to find the end zone. Yeah, and I needed Javante Williams to score, so that would have been sick if he didn't fumble. Yeah. Um, but again, kind of a fluky game. But Solid game from Javante, though. For sure, for sure. Over, I mean, what was it, 10 receptions? He had 10 receptions, yeah. So Definitely PPR machine. 100%, fantasy. yeah. You're, you love to see that if you're playing PPR, even half PPR in fantasy, because that volume's fucking ridiculous. Like That's like Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler type numbers. Yeah. Like That is... You don't see that from a running back, especially in like, to, at least when I think of Russell Wilson, I never think of him checking down to the running no. back. So, I don't know, really interesting to see there. Um, regardless, Geno Smith, I mean, yeah, the, the Broncos threw this game away. Like, yeah, they should have won 30 to 17. But at the end of the day, you got to give the Seahawks some credit. Geno was like, balling. Yeah. Geno was balling. They did some really good things. And at the end of the day, they're like, they had playmakers. Michael Jackson, that dude was everywhere. Yeah. Like, uh, who is that guy? That guy came out of Yeah, nowhere. number 30, Michael Jackson. Look him up if you don't know who he is because it's not the Michael Jackson you're thinking of. He made a lot of really good plays <laughs> this game. Um, really impressive stuff. And then, of course, Geno Smith just just taking care of the ball. Just yeah. being a facilitator. Clean game. Making his players like make plays. They were honestly like... I love the way they called their offense because they gave DK a couple screens. There was a couple, like, design digs and dunks, but they also gave him the ability, like, there was a couple times where, he, I mean, he wasn't stretching the field for, like, Russ numbers, but, I mean, there was a couple times where they were getting chunks of 15, 20, 22. Yeah, I think like, Gino started almost 10 for 10, yeah. if I believe it was. Yeah, I think it was better than that, even. Yeah, I think it was, was, like, 12 for 12. Yeah, he was balling. Yeah, he really was. So you got to give him some credit there. And, again, like, it's fluky. Like, my dog won't shut up. But they shouldn't have won this game. But at the end of the day, they did. And there's, they did some really good things. Rashad Penny had really good moments. They had yeah. really good pass protection. Like, their rookie tackles held up for the most part. Charles Cross got beat once. But, I mean, Abraham Lucas, someone who I was really high on, held up really well. Um, and their defense, even with Jamal Adams going down pretty early, and, by the way, doing a total Jamal Adams thing, getting the ball ricocheted off his face mask, they looked good. They, they looked solid. They had their moments. Um so I wouldn't panic about the Broncos here. I think one thing we do have to talk about this game before we stop talking about it is the fourth down at the end of the game. Oh, man. That's just awful. If you watch the uh, broadcast with Peyton Manning, you can see him trying to call timeout maybe like 20 times while they're running out the clock towards the end. Um, was absolutely brutal to watch them just run the clock down and then it was, take a 64-yard field goal. It was just bizarre. It was fucking weird. It's like... I don't get why they thought that was their best best move of action. Like, just, I don't know. I, I get that maybe they've got, like, bad nerves and they've already seen themselves fumble twice on the goal line and, like, but, like... Just bad call. Just a bad call. Like, just, a, just, just makes, like, it just puts so much pressure on your kicker to literally nail the second longest kick ever in the history. And especially when you had already been playing in that stadium, like, there was, what, like three uh, or four maybe even um, delay of games because it, the stadium was so fucking loud, Russ couldn't hear – or sorry, the O-lineman couldn't hear Russ. So lack of adjustments there, like not the best play calling in that regard. And then you don't go for it on fourth down, rely on your kicker to make a 64-yarder in a stadium that is absolutely fucking rocking. 
Like, the 12s were making themselves heard. Yeah, so just a bad call there. And then, of course, he came out and said that it was a bad decision, which I don't really know if I respect that or not. It's very, like, unpolitician-like. Like, you know, you're never going to admit when you're wrong. Um, in a way, I guess I kind of respect it because yeah. he's owning it and, like, the media just kind of can't, like, stick it to him anymore. But at the same time, it's like... What, like why? Like what? What are you gonna do about it now, man? No. Yeah. And, it, and it's the exact same thing with the timeouts at the end of the game. Like they were kneeling the ball, and he was calling timeouts between their victory formations. It's like, dude. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Weird <laughs> to the game. Weird, really weird stuff. It's like the game was lost anyways at that point. Just like I don't know. Not all head coaches work out. A lot of head coaches don't work out. Yeah. So, Obviously, week one, you can't overreact. Something to watch, though. It's something to watch, for sure. Yeah. Up next, we're just going to quickly cover the Texans versus the Colts. Um, definitely a lot of growing pains for the Colts in this game. The Texans look surprisingly good. This was the O.J. Howard game. Yeah. Um, who the hell would have thought? <laughs> he wasn't on their team the weekend before, and then he's catching two touchdown passes. Yeah, O.J. So. trying to get a contract out here. Yeah, because he would he – okay, so wait. He got signed by the Bills. Yeah, he They went, dropped him. Yeah. And then he went somewhere else, right? And then they dropped him too. Was it the Bengals? I don't even know, but shout out OJ for that performance. Yeah, seriously, good, good for him. him. No, seriously, like putting all the doubters aside, like really, really cool stuff. We, we love to see that. But I mean, other than that, like the Colts, they, again, another another team that just really, the fourth quarter hit and it looked like a completely different team. Like they looked so rusty, so out of it, like. Just unfamiliar with each other. Outside of Michael Pittman and Matt Ryan, they had nothing going. There was a ton of drops. Uh, Texans defense did actually play really well. Jerry Hughes had a fucking day. Yeah. yeah. Derek Stinley had Derek a couple Stingley, good plays. Yeah, he did. Derek Stinley Pass showing, break up in the end zone. Exactly. Showing why he was a third round pick. Um, and that was on a, another third rookie. Pick. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah, just Texans did some really good things. They can be sneaky here. But, I mean... You just expect better from the Colts. I think that I mean that's what I really take away from. Yeah. Like you don't like it shouldn't be this close in the first place. No. Like again, it's it's all week one, it's all like pick with a grain of salt, and you can totally like overanalyze like shit, maybe the Texans are a lot better than people think. But at the same time, it's like maybe the Colts just didn't perform as well as they should have. And I think it's a lot more of that in this yeah. one. Because I, I mean, they've got everything. And Jonathan Taylor, when they were given the reps, especially at the end of the game, like he was picking up yards. Like, there was two minutes left, and instead of choosing to pass the ball, they were getting, like, chunk plays with Jonathan Taylor. It was just, I don't know. I don't know. I, we expect to see more of that, in my opinion. I think Alec Pierce and a lot of those weapons are going to get more chemistry with Matt Ryan. It's just, honestly, it kind of reminded me of the Rams. You know, like, their yeah. offense was just kind of way too reliant on one guy. One or two guys, I guess, in this case. And then just a lot of rust. Just looking like unfamiliarity. And it was weird. It was weird to see. I'd so, love to – the Colts next week will be an interesting play as they get their uh, revenge game against the Jacksonville Jaguars after last season. Oh, if that's you remember call. When Carson Wentz just totally blew it so bad and just threw a couple and picks. And then, there. Yeah, and Is that's that why they got a new quarterback. Uh, yes, it'll be at Jacksonville. That's going to be a so, great game. Some, something to look out for, definitely. That Colts team will be hungry to prove themselves, especially after a lackluster week one performance. And uh, Shaq Leonard should be back. Yep. He didn't play in this game, which was definitely important. But up next, let's talk about the Chargers versus the Raiders. You were very confident about this game. Yeah. And the Chargers winning this one the whole whole way. He was, like, not a doubt. I even said in the, my last episode, my preview episode, that I honestly, like, just hadn't. 
I mean, I didn't have no idea. I was leaning towards the Chargers. If I had to pick a team, I would pick the Chargers. But I was staying away from this game. I was not betting on this game. I thought the over was going to hit. That's like the one thing I was pretty confident. It didn't. <laughs> so good thing I didn't bet on yeah. this game. Um, but I mean, the, the Chargers look legit. The Chargers yeah. have an all-around just great fucking team. Just it's just a good roster. Like it's 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 exactly what we thought we were going to be. They were going to be. It's just. They knew win the big games, right? That's their only question mark. Their roster was good last year. They were they easily could have been a playoff team. On paper, they've gotten better. Yeah, so. with, yeah, much much improved uh, roster with the addition of Khalil Mack, JC Jackson, Jackson. Bryce, or no Bryce Callahan was there. Derwin James coming back from yeah. injury, got, especially when this team starts clicking, it's going to be scary absolutely. once once November comes around. Yeah, they got a couple new guys on the defensive line too, so straight off that run defense, mm-hmm. which should help. Um, but I mean, and JC Jackson didn't play in this game. No, yeah. So that's important too. Maybe Devontae doesn't have as good of a game if he if he does play. Yep. So I mean, it could have been even uglier for the Raiders. You know what I mean? And I mean, I, their guys made plays. I mean, Khalil Mack had a sack in this game. Bryce Callahan had an interception on Hunter Renfro. Uh, he was locking up Hunter Renfro this game. So just their money and their trades and all these moves they made, they're paying dividends already. I expect them to keep paying dividends. I think the Chargers and the Chiefs are going to be really goddamn competitive in the AFC West. I think those are the teams to look out for in this division. I said that before the year. My opinion doesn't really change with this. I still think those two teams are going to be world beaters. I think the Chargers are a close third. I mean, sorry, the Raiders. And I think the Raiders' best games are still ahead of them. But, I mean, really, we'll see. I mean, as a roster, like, you just... The Chargers are so complete. They have all the most important positions. They have great weapons, great running back, good, uh, really, really damn good tackles. I mean, edge defenders, two of them, two really good corners, like a safety. Like they're just, they're so loaded. <laughs> it'll be it'll be interesting to see if the Chargers <coughs> do end up beating the Chiefs next week. Uh, another really good game. Another great game. So the Chargers with two very tough games to start off the season. If they can start two and zero, they're. There's a good chance they they have a decent record this year. I mean, I had them projected at 13 and four. Still, like that's very optimistic. But I mean, there's a world where it happens. Like yeah. this team is loaded. It feels like it's their year. They're not paying their quarterback yet. Um, I mean, I just hope to God. Like my my biggest week one reaction is if I want it, if I'm wishing for one playoff matchup right now at this moment. If it's Chiefs Bills in the AFC Championship game, take my money. Yeah, like, that would be such a kick-ass fucking game. Um, yeah, so I guess that's where we're gonna finish it off on the reviews. Again, we're not gonna go over every single game. That's just gonna be too much detail. I'm gonna make sure to mark down the time now, so I remember where to mark it in my pod. And let's go on and go ahead to the previews. So. We're just going to focus mainly on betting. We're going to talk about a few storylines. I guess before we get into the betting, because we were just talking about it, let's talk about that Chiefs-Chargers game really quick. So, obviously, it depends on health. Keenan Allen's out. He's already been ruled out. Yeah, J.C. Jackson also out. He is out. Yeah. So, the Chargers are missing a couple of their key guys, and that game is in Kansas City, right? Uh, I believe so. Let me double-check. Yeah, yeah, and it's in Kansas City. So, um, if I'm not mistaken, Thursday night game. The Chargers won last year in Kansas City, and then the Chiefs came to LA and beat them. <laughs> so, could we see something similar? I don't know about this time. I think the Chiefs are really like just coming off a really confident win against the Cardinals. There, I really think that they're just gonna 
be continuing to try to prove the world we don't need Tyreek Hill. I think Mahomes has heard all that chatter between <laughs> Tua and him and who's more accurate and who'd you rather have and all this bullshit. Yeah, there's been a there's been a lot of uh, slander coming from Tyreek, especially um, just so uncalled for. Yeah, too. directed towards <laughs> him. I know Jackson Mahomes caught a couple strays too. Yeah, that's deserved. Yeah, I, I would agree. With <laughs> he was asked uh, for reference if he would rather get handcuffed to Jackson Mahomes or win a Super Bowl, which he then said that Super Bowl can wait. So just something to something to think dang. about. See, I didn't even know that. So I didn't even know that. So <laughs> dang. Yeah, but I mean, either way, it's it should be a hell of a game. These these two teams are always competitive. The over under is definitely the highest of the week. I believe it was at like fifty four points the last time I checked it. It might even be higher than that by now. Um, so <laughs> I don't know if I love that one because it seems like just an absolute trap game when you take those types of overs. Um, it is at it's at fifty four. That's pretty high. Yeah, that's pretty damn high. I'm gonna stay away from that. But I don't. I mean, I wouldn't bet on it. Period. Right now, the Chiefs are what three and a half point favorites. Four and a half. Four and a half points. So the line's all the way up, dude. That I, I'm I almost like the Chargers there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm almost liking the Chargers there. Again, I still probably wouldn't take it, um, but I do see like that seems like a lot of points. Yeah. For a team that could be very explosive, even without Keenan Allen. I mean, DeAndre Carter just had a great game for him. They still have Joshua Palmer, the second year man, who should be in theory, you know, blossoming into something. Um, I still really like a lot of their other weapons there. Uh, Gerald Everett had a good game for himself. Still like that. Um, I don't know. I guess we'll see. Yeah, I think this game gets decided by three points on either side. Yeah, could yeah. go either way. Yeah. So I think the four and a half point spread is actually a pretty like, good value. Pretty, yeah, pretty good value for the Chargers. Yeah, so. I agree with that. So let's get into a, a couple more bets. Let's start with all the ones I like right now. I just wrote these down really quickly. I don't know if Nick's seen all these, but he can obviously give his not live reaction to them. First, let's talk about Seahawks plus 10 at the San Francisco 49ers. It just seems like a lot of points to me. It just yeah, seems like way too many it, points. Yeah, it does seem like a lot of points. Um, like, I get they could have just lost by 13. But Yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll, have, we'll have to see. This will be a big perfect game from the Niners. I, I definitely would not take the Niners spread. I... Yeah, I don't think I'd take the sure. seat. I, I don't know if I would take the seat. I'd probably be more inclined to take the Seahawks spread than the Niners spread. I still think they're going to win this game. That Bears too, game just too. looked ugly. Yeah, it was really ugly. And I mean, I, again, I think that there's going to be some growing pains here. I liked what I saw from the Seahawks secondary in a lot of times. I liked what I saw from just, like, pure, like, honestly, just pure, like, what's the, what's the, like, nitty gritty football stuff. Like, they yeah. made the tackles. It maybe wasn't the cleanest game, but they got shit done. You know what I mean? Like, and, it's a conference game. These games are always close. These teams know each other really, really well. Even if it is a new quarterback, it's a similar system. And in a way, that kind of gives the Seahawks the advantage because Russ isn't there anymore. They're running different plays. It's a different scheme. It's a, it's a different, different offense. Look. Yeah, it's a different look. So, I mean, that might help the Seahawks in a way because I feel like the Seahawks know at least a little bit more what they're going to get. You know what I mean? And I don't think the Niners do, offensively at least. So... We'll see. I could be really wrong about this. This is just something I spotted down immediately. I don't know if I'm going to take it yet. I'll keep you guys posted if I do. Last weekend was great. Last weekend, my bets worked out really well, which normally week one does not go like that for me. Week one, normally my predictions are all over the place. But if you guys were betting me the last week, you had a good week. So hopefully I can keep the streak going. Anyways, I do like the Seahawks plus 10. Up next, I really like this one. Steelers money line versus the Patriots at home at Heinz Field. Um, obviously, TJ Watt's going to be out in this one. But 
offensively, I just think the Patriots are so lackluster. And I love Mike Tomlin and his defense he runs that I think they're just going to shut down this Patriots offense. What do you think? Yeah, uh, I don't see a lot of points being scored this game. Yeah, I see yeah. a very low scoring what's the, game. What's the over-under on this one? Let's see. 39 and a half. Very low. Very, very low. Yeah, and I'd still maybe take the under. Yeah. If I'm being honest. <laughs> like, yeah, that's literally less than 20 points a, <coughs> a team, and I can definitely see that happening. Just give them, like, how these teams are run. Yeah, I could see, like, a 17-13 game. Yeah, I, exactly. I could totally see something like that. I could see a couple picks from each quarterback. I could see, like, just a Mike Tomlin, Bill Belichick team when they don't have their star quarterbacks, like, right now. It's going to be a defensive game. not really good weapons. I could really see this just being an absolute slugfest. It, yep. it can definitely be a defensive game. I just like the Steelers more, just the smallest but more, because... It's almost plucking hairs with the coaches. Yeah, Belichick is the greatest of all time. Mike Tom is an amazing coach. And I think, just objectively, I think the uh, Saints ro- or excuse me, Steelers roster is just better. Would you agree with that? I think it's just better. Yeah. Especially, like, weapons-wise, obviously, that might give Trubisky a little bit of an edge. But, I mean, beyond that, their defense is fucking nasty. It's a nasty defense. So, something to note, though, is uh, starting running back for the Steelers, Najee Harris, is, is listed as limited on Wednesday. He got hurt during week one. So definitely, definitely something to keep an eye on because it seems like the Steelers are going to try and kind of grind out, grind out the ball and run it more this year. And to that point, I think even if Najee is playing, he's definitely not... He's on a snap count. Not going to be on 100%. Yeah, he's, no. he's on a snap count. He's got to be on a snap count to come back. He's too important to that team. He's too young. He's just like, you can't... Yeah. And, he, and again, Tomlin's smarter than that. And if, again, he is a no-go in this game, look at Jalen Warren on your wi- on your waiver wires. I believe he's that RB2 right now. And he's he looks pretty solid in the preseason. Up next, again, I don't think Nick likes this one as much. <laughs> But I'm all in. <laughs> Let's go. Saints money line versus Buccaneers. What do you think about that one? I'm just a Tom Brady stand for real. Love me some Tom. Uh, Tom has never beaten the Saints in the regular season. Yeah, not really As much to say is. about this. Just Tom Brady stand. Yeah, no, that's fair. Like, again, you just can't count out Tom Brady. But And the Saints really did not look good for three quarters there last week. But I just, until I see them do it, I don't care. Like, I, I'm, I'm riding the Saints. They won me a lot of money last year for it. That they won nine to nothing. I if was it ain't broke, don't fix it. Stoked, yeah. So, and I really like the under forty four in this game. What do you think about that one? Do you like yeah, that one? Yeah, I least? like that. Yeah, I like that one at least. I don't see this being a very high scoring game. None of the games they played outside of that playoff game where the Buccaneers won have been high scoring. So I really think something something happened out here. And again, both these teams' defenses. Tom Brady didn't absolutely light it up last week. Like he was, he was good. He was solid. Julio had a really good, a couple really good plays. There was obviously a touchdown to Mike Evans, but. I believe they only scored one touchdown all game, if I'm not mistaken. And this is a really good defense from the Saints. This is a really good defense from the Buccaneers. So, if anything, maybe don't trust me on the money line. I do really like the under here at 44. Yeah. Up next, we got Houston plus 10 at the Broncos. Again, this is just another points thing. It just feels like way too many points. Yeah, 10 points is a lot. It's a lot. Points. Yeah. And I know the Broncos, this is their revenge game. And maybe Houston was a little bit of a fluke last week, and they it shouldn't they shouldn't have looked as good as they did. And it is it is in okay. Maybe I'm convincing myself not to do this. It is in Denver, so the elevation. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think Russ loses two in a row. No, I, don't, I mean by no means does he lose, but ten points just seems yeah. Like ten a points shit is a lot. Points. 
think Broncos money line is free money, but the odds are just awful. Yeah, they're terrible. So, I mean, I really don't have that much more to say than this, other than I already made all the points about the Texans. I think they can be sneaky. Yeah. I think that they definitely stuck up on the Colts, and they were sleeping on them. What is expecting to be as good as they are? Mel- Davis Mills can make some plays. Brandon Cooks is still a really good deep threat. Baller. I mean, Damian Pierce, we hope to see a lot more from him. And their defense has a lot of young, really good pieces. Obviously, Jalen Petrie, Derek Stingley, some really good pieces on the defensive line. So, I mean, I don't know. Ten point, that I, I don't know what else to point to make. There's a lot of It just seems like too many. And until I see it from the Broncos, I'm not going to buy into it. Up next, we have the Vikings versus the Eagles. NFC Championship matchup of what, like five years ago? That Case Keenum, um, Nick Foles yeah, matchup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where the Eagles absolutely fucking pummeled them. Uh, that was after the, the Minneapolis Miracle. Yeah, tough yeah. for Vikings fans. Yeah, so anyways, this game, I, I, I don't know who's going to win this game, but I do like the over at 15.5. That's a shit ton of points, but I think these offenses are just dynamic. Yeah, definitely see a high-scoring game. Uh, Eagles versus uh, Lions got really yeah. out of hand yeah. fourth quarter. Yeah, really so I can like see 80 this. total points out of hand, yeah. something like that. I can see no, this game 70. going similarly. Yeah. similarly. yeah. Yeah, I could absolutely see that. I mean, I think that we all know the Vikings' weapons. We all know Justin Jefferson's just on a different planet right now. He got 150 yards in the first half last week. <laughs> so he stud. Can, yeah, absolute stud. It doesn't matter who's lining up across from Darius Slay is there. It does not matter. It, Justin Jefferson is just in a planet of his own right now. We know how good the Eagles' running offense can be, so that might take some time away from the clock. But the thing is, it's almost so good and so explosive. It doesn't matter. I mean, they just ran for 215 yards, and they still put up 35 points. So, so in my opinion, I really like this over. I really think both these teams can put up a lot of points. I mean, if the Eagles can put up 30 by themselves, you know, the Saints only need 20 more. So, that's, that's, that's all I mean. Vikings. Um, or sorry, the Vikings. Yeah, sorry about that. And then the last bet of this week, and this is definitely betting with my heart and not my brain, so maybe don't listen to this one. I like Chicago plus 10 at Green Bay. Yeah, I don't mind this one, actually. I just, again, until I see it from Green Bay, uh, he hasn't done it without Devontae. They looked really bad last week. Like, really, really bad. And Rodgers sounded really frustrated after the game. Yeah. So, I mean, the running backs did really good things. We were expecting that. Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, those guys are problems. The Bears might have some problems with those guys. Matt LaFleur's system, the Bears might have some problems with that. Like, it's objectively a good scheme. It's objectively good running backs. They can catch the ball out of the backfield. But also, objectively, his weapons are ass and they're unproven even if they're not ass like maybe they're good but they haven't done anything Christian Watson almost took one 75 yards to the house and it went right through his hands Dropped it. Aaron Rodgers talked about it after the game like that's gonna you know um, it starts with patience I'm gonna get less patient with you who knows if the next time he's open like that Rodgers lets it fly you know exactly. what I mean because he might just not trust him so I just wanna say Chicago 10 plus 10 because I still think we're being slept on and I still think 10 points is so many points. I don't care. Could go either way. Aaron Rodgers could be in the de- end zone discount double check in all games. So, I mean, definitely an interesting one. We'll it see. I, honestly, my biggest worry in this game is, speaking of, what's the overrun in this game? Can you check really quick? Yeah. Because my biggest worry in this game is honestly the Packers defense. I said that before last week, too. The Packers defense is fucking good. That's a really damn good unit. I mean, they have talent everywhere. They've got good two good corners. Really good safety play. I mean, 
all pro linebacker on top of a rookie linebacker who just came in. Oh, the Ken- line's actually plus ten and a half now. Even better. Even better. Even better. Take that. Buy that shit. <laughs> it's uh, the under over is forty two. Forty two. I still kind of like that under. Yeah. I mean, the the Packers just dropped seven points in their game. I don't think the Bears are going to drop that many points on this Packers defense. No. Like I just said. So, again, maybe this is betting with my heart, and I really don't care. And I'm not advising you to take it. But the under of, what was it? 42. 42. <laughs> and taking the Bears plus 10.5, I really like it. So, that's it. That's all we got for you guys. Yep. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Uh, thanks, Nick. Of course. Appreciate you. Uh, if, be you on. <laughs> if you guys enjoyed the episode, be sure to share this with your friends. Like the episode. Follow me on Instagram at Murphy's League. Make sure to follow this account here on Spotify too. Thanks for listening, guys, and peace out. Murphy's League!